162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today on the Zabecast, it's Andy Poland, the guy I once derisively called Good Enough Andy. A man who knows more Redskins history than anybody. Somebody who loved Chinese food, Tiger Woods, and 60 Minutes on Sundays. And a guy who taught me the word Meshuggana. Your bonus, uncensored 35-minute edition of the Zabecast is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Monday, June 20th, back in the studio, and I'm just wondering, Andy, it wasn't the big cat in the red shirt, but did you enjoy the finish of the United States Open? Yeah, I did, and I think it's the most non-Tiger major I've ever watched. Wow! Yes, Andy! Let's go! 
<laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, usually we have the Father's Day bash here. So, what is the Father's Day bash? Describe Well, it. that involves my extended family. So okay, I how have, big? Uh, you can get to as big as about 18, 19 people, uh, okay. depending on who's, who's in town. Uh, so my sister and her family had to go out of town today, so we had it last night here. We had, I think, 16 people. And that freed up all of today because usually, you know, I'm taking from the grill and I'm putting away, you know, dishes sure. and folding chairs and all that Michigas. So today it was the deck was cleared and I watched probably the last three hours. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fantastic. You know what? The game of golf endures because as I watched it, it was a great uh, final round. I mean, you're talking about lead changes back and forth, guys looking like they're about to fall apart, missing putts. Then, oh shit, he just made a couple birdies. He's not out of it yet. Coming right down to the 18th hole. And I thought to myself, does anyone give a shit that it's not Tiger and Phil? Yeah, I think people do. Some. Uh, some. Yeah. But, but as you know, Andy, having been around the old sports track many laps in your life, Mm-hmm. The tide moves, and the right. tide flows, and it washes out the old stars in whatever sport, and it brings in new guys. Yeah, but it seems to me, as as one who I consider myself a casual golf fan, the sport is always looking for the next. And I remember going back to the 70s, people were wondering who's the next Nicholas. Watson, I guess, came close, right, but never really reached Correct. that level. Uh, and then Eldrick came along just in time for me to walk into the tent and say, hello, <laughs> and, I'm here for some and, golf. And browse around at the wares inside yes. Golf Incorporated. Yes, indeed. Well, look, every sport is going to go through this, especially the NBA when LeBron next year enters what number season is it? And we're going to talk about this later on my rundown. Now that the NBA is over for the year, and we'll talk about the Warriors winning, looking ahead to next year, I have a hard time seeing LeBron being competitive this year with the yeah. Lakers. And so well, at some point, that league is going to have to move on from LeBar- LeBron, just like golf is having to le- learn to live without Tiger. Okay, but is it possible that LeBron has his nose pressed up against the glass at Warriors headquarters? Oh, my! hold that thought. <laughs> hold that thought for later. We'll get to it in, 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 in due course. All right, before we get going, it's good to talk to you. i got to tell you, though, Andy, it's been a touch-and-go week after your Del Rio and Jan 6 take. I have yeah. fielded a lot of emails. A you know, lot of fuck that, guys. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I got a Father's Day call from my son Jeremy about two hours ago, and, and, and he was filling me in on all of this. Oh, my God. You know, what if I had said, hey, Andy, I'm sorry, but, you know, my listeners hate you. The numbers are down on your podcast appearances. I got to cut you loose. I got to fire you like you said fire Del Rio for your comments. How would you feel about that? Hey, you know, it's your podcast. You call the shots. Uh, I'm happy to come on and schmooze with you. But if you feel it's in your best interest to cut somebody <laughs> loose, whose opinions differ from yours, Gagazun, you know. And I pay you nothing, so I don't really have a lot of leverage over you. Yeah, 
yeah, I enjoyed doing this. But if if you told me uh, what the situation was and you can't have this for your particular audience, okay, yeah. fine. Well, as look, I, I would never do that, and uh, I've known you long enough that I know we stand on opposite sides of the aisle on a number of things, and that's not going to get in the way of my yeah. professional and personal friendship with you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if you are an idiot sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you say that about me. I'm an idiot. Now, is there anything you might want to amend or perhaps soften or add context to from last week? Well, I mean, we you wanted to make the comparison to Popovich and Kerr, and I would say it differs in that their views represent their organization's views, and Jack Del Rio's did not. And oh. that's why he got the $100,000 fine. Okay. Well, I mean, you're right in that they're allowed to get away with it because the organizations share that view. I thought last week you sort of couched it like, well, most people believe in this. And I was going to say, well, you know, there are opinions vary, as the saying goes. I wouldn't yeah, say true. everybody yeah. uh, believes that. Um, do you, by the way, do you follow any of the aftermath of the secondary storylines of Jan 6? Mm, I, I, I've been watching the hearings that have been going on for the last, they've done three of them so far, and I bet I've watched at least uh, two or three hours total. Right. Yeah. Are you aware of the likely Fed involvement? On that day? Mm, what do you mean by that? Well, like there was feds in the crowd instigating it, you know, helping to instigate it. Trump was the main instigator, but there mm-hmm. was also feds there. Like like in the uh, the Gretchen Witch, Whitner uh, abduction case in Michigan that got thrown out of court, or not thrown out, but acquitted. Like the, the feds put this case together, like, hey, there's a kidnapping attempt on the governor of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then when they mm-hmm. peeled it back, they're like, Oh yeah, the feds were trying to like incite all these guys and they were heavily involved. There was that on January 6th with this interesting subplot. Are you aware of just how insane the January 6th sentences are for some of the people that just walked into the Capitol, did nothing violent, just walked in and how harsh they're getting penalized? Uh, I I really don't have sympathy for any of those people, to be honest with you. I don't. Even somebody who walked in with a Capitol Hill policeman holding the door open mm-hmm. and walked it, in it, and walked out getting a year in jail. If, if you saw what was happening there and you decided to go in with that group, as they were saying, hang Mike Pence, you know, you're subject to whatever punishment comes along as far as I'm concerned. How about the fact it's taken over a year now for these defendants to even get a trial? You surely believe in the justice delayed is justice denied principle that you shouldn't. Because even if they were acquitted, which none of them are getting acquitted, mm-hmm. they are spending a year in jail. A okay. year. And, and you know, as I say, when you see what is going on there, if you decide that you would like to join in on what was happening there, you are subject to whatever punishment okay. comes along. All right. well, That's the way I look at okay. it. Okay, fair enough. I just wish some other people involved in some other shenanigans in this country also were were dealt with that harshly, where you go, mm-hmm. I got no sympathy. You were involved. Mm-hmm. You're fucking going to jail. Well, I want people, I, 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 I want I've people to- happy. Yeah. I've been happy with democracy for the last almost 64 years of my life. So I, I'd like to keep it in place. That's That's just me. Are you happy with where we are now? Demo- As a country? Yes. Oh, absolutely not. I'd love to see some changes made. Okay. We'll save that for another podcast. 
I'm now yeah. intrigued. Andy's changes for America coming up later on. <laughs> now here comes another flood of email. All right, let's talk U.S. Open. One by Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, you said you watched uh, a good chunk of it. You know, yeah. all the majors this year, Andy, are won by guys in their late twenties. Scheffler, mm. I think, is twenty six. Uh, Thomas is twenty seven. I think Fitzpatrick is about twenty seven as well. This is why the Live Tour guys. The 40-somethings who used to be relevant all ran off for the money. They cannot yeah. hang with these young dudes. Right. The flat bellies. The flat, <laughs> the, the flatter bellies. <laughs> they're That's all flat bellies now, but they're flatter. Well, not all of them. Rama's kind of chunky there, and there's a couple others with... Uh, yeah, but you know, Rama's young, of... though, and he's one of the guys who's one of the best in the world. But yeah, I, yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, it's a younger sport. Like, it used to be the average age of a major winner was like 32 that it took a while for you to kind of get used to high pressure tournament golf and the tour and then get some experience and get some battle scars. And then you finally won. I believe the average age of major winners has dropped into the high twenties, which is a pretty radical shift for the sport. Yeah. Well, I, I remember how big a deal it was when Jack Nicholas won in 1986. And that same year, as a matter of fact, I covered the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, and Raymond Floyd won that. And he yeah. was close in age to Jack. Yeah, he was up there. Uh, and, boy, talk about a giant prick. I mean, of all the golf assholes in the world, Andy, Raymond Floyd. Floyd oh, yes. <laughs> Legendarily so. But that yeah. see, those old school dudes who could win the biggest tournaments, the hardest tournaments like the U.S. Open at that age, that is so done now. Like, it's never happening again. I guess. I mean, and, you know, it, it just, you know, it just seems that, you know, they, what we've seen with Phil, though, winning nearly what? He 51? won the PGA. He won the PGA, which is not quite the U.S. Open. And it was All on right. a course that he, he kind of had a, a, an angle on. But also, you know, it, it is a one-off. It's like the exception that proves the rule, basically. But but by and large, people, I, I just saw something on Facebook the other day, a picture of Rue McClanahan at 50 and J-Lo at 50 on a pole. So, <laughs> Wait, how was Rue McClanahan on a pole at 50? Did she no, look no, good? No, 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 she was oh. on a pole. Oh. No, J-Lo was. <laughs> my, my point being that, that you would look at the two pictures side by side and you go, wow, they're each 50. I can't believe that. That is that is funny. Yeah, Rue Mc, no, but Rue McClanahan now is older than that. She's uh, right. But this is a picture of her when she when was she 50. was 50. Okay, so Rue McClanahan, by the way, one of the Golden Girls. Right? Yeah, I don't even know if she's still alive, as a matter of fact. Uh, sure. No, she died in 2010, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're only off by 12 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's a great point, Andy, is that even 50-year-olds, 50-year-old yeah. women whose job is to look good, they're more advanced at this stage than, you know, I guess 50, 50 years ago, people were like, ah, fuck it, you're 50. You know, don't mm -hmm. worry about it. You're good enough, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, a uh, lot of people bitching about the commercials and the amount yes. of commercials. Yes. And yes. the playing the through. With that? Well, okay. It, did it bother you? Yes. Okay. It, it did. And, and here's something else. NBC has one of the greats in the business, and Mike Tirico as sort of a host of this. Mm -hmm. it, he barely was used. They, they used him for the trophy presentation and a couple of other resets. Right. I mean, we, all these commercials, couldn't, couldn't they have vignettes from Tirico and 
and other things. Yeah, oh. it was very annoying. Oh, there were vignettes. In fact, uh, my hardo golf buddies were all bitching about how long the vignettes were with guys mm-hmm. like Jimmy Roberts interviewing Fernando. You know who mm-hmm. Fernando is at the no. country club? He's mm-hmm. the guy that created this drink, this cocktail that became so legendary it's like now asked about. Like, I got to have a Fernando. Two Fernandos. It's a, I, I don't even know what it is. It's just a regular cocktail with a twist on it. And he apparently got the job one day when a bartender called in sick. And so he basically Wally pipped the bartender at the country club and then became the most famous guy the club's ever had. Well, that's one of the great Sports Center commercials. It's just Scott Van Pelt and Stuart Scott watching Arnold Palmer make an Arnold Palmer. Oh, that. <laughs> That is a good one right there, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think part of the bitching is NBC got this property back in a fire sale from Fox. Remember three Uh, years ago? Fox bid all this money to pry it away. Uh And then, you know, they were a disaster broadcasting it. It had Greg Norman, who said on the 18th hole. Yeah, Joe Buck was okay, but he's so football stamped. And he's yeah. got no golf pedigree like Jim Nance, who at least played at Houston mm-hmm. with Freddie Couples back in the day. That I, it just didn't work. They had Holly Saunders before she went off the deep end on plastic surgery and Instagram doing the interviews afterwards. So mm-hmm. they did it for a couple of years, realized, okay, we fucked up. We paid too much for this. And they basically flipped it back to NBC for pennies uh-huh. on the dollar. So many golf fans are like, shit, NBC, you got this thing for on the cheap. Could you please lay off all the commercials? You know, you're trying to make up your entire yearly budget on one tournament. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, it's I, a yeah, lot. It annoying. It's a lot. But here's part of what the dynamic, I think, is. It's because we're accustomed now in this digital age of wanting everything all the time right now and with no commercials. That's yeah, what we but, expect. So but, if but, there's any amount of commercials, people are going to bitch or better yet. Augusta spoiled us because right. they do That's a limited number. Right, right. Well, that, that and, and for, for those of us who are not in for the weekly tour here, <laughs> yes. uh, just, just, just for the just FedEx St. Jude classics. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, so our frame of reference is the Masters, where Hootie Johnson once said, Oh, they're going to protest? Well, we won't have any commercials. <laughs> While we've told our sponsors uh, they are not part of this fight, this between yeah. the club and Ms. Book, and we yeah. do intend to win and then salt the ground with her ashes. But that's besides the point. Uh, we're going to excuse the travelers and Coca-Cola and whoever else is in here. We've got this fight right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that so was that was the way to do it. Uh, did you uh, see any of the uh, mom and dad in tears hugging their boy Fitzpatrick on the 18th green? Yeah, I did. And then and then there was an ex- emotional exchange with the family he stayed with when he won the U.S. Amateur right uh, back in 2000. Yeah, I watched this stuff. Yeah, it's good. And, do you, uh, do you I, like that little you know thing that's kind of now a tradition in golf? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's nothing that beats Tiger hugging Earl. Right. You know, that's that's and then h- hugging his son when he won you know, all those years later. Yeah, sure, that's that's, that's golden. So oh, yeah, you good. got you got to stay with that. Closing the circle, good stuff. All right, speaking of fathers, uh, Father's Day. How how was it for you? And I got to say, Andy, your your daughter got married this summer, right? Uh, last 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 May. last May, right? Oh no, yeah, in May she got married in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, your son is doing well. He's not married, but he's got a longtime girlfriend, right? Yep, they've been living together a long time. Right? She's a dentist. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, dentist. Mm-hmm. Good. Married well. Mm-hmm. Or not married well, but dating well so far. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both completely off the payroll, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And 
independent living, you know, yep. I mean, you nailed it, Andy, you nailed your kids. <laughs> you gotta well, be I, pretty, you gotta be pretty proud of them. And oh. you gotta say to yourself, shit, I did an all right job. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm, yes, I am proud of them. Uh, how much of a bow I can take, I don't know, but uh, they have done, they've followed their own paths. They seem to be happy. They like what they're doing and they like their mates. And so, yeah, it's all good. And as I've told you, I'm going to be a grandfather next month. So Mazel. it's all going good. Mazel. Yeah. Good things. I yeah. got to tell listeners about uh, a, a, a story from your house. Never, <laughs> ever forget it. I was over, I went to Andy's one night to watch a Monday night football game or maybe Sunday night, one of the two. Right. I think it was a playoff game, but yeah. Okay. Might have been. Yeah, might have been. I said, yeah. oh, let me go over to Andy's. I'd like to get the full experience. And, and this uh, is a long time ago. Give a frame of reference. Too. Yes, this, this is, is quite... 20 years ago, probably 2002, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Uh, Samantha was in high school. That's she's, she's going to be 34 next month. Okay, so, so here's how you can peg it, by the way. She was, I believe, a junior in high school. Then she would have been 16. Okay. Yeah. So uh, 16 years ago. So yeah. 2006-ish. All right. So I go over there, and it's just me, Andy, your wife, Arlene, and Samantha sort of wandering in the periphery of the living room as we're watching the game. And during the game, Samantha brings up to mom her interest in going to a concert with some friends. And apparently there had been some things that she did not live up to some obligations, grades, maybe <laughs> chores. I don't know what it was, but she was getting the firm. No from Mrs. Poland. Yes. And your daughter who is now an attorney, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a, uh, a spoiler. This is a harbinger of things to come. Your daughter did not take the hard no and just go back to her room. Now, did she Andy? Oh no, no, this was, this was, but again, it was like, this was just Sunday. This is this is this is my house. Yeah. So 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 you know Samantha starts firing back with excuses or rationales or promises <laughs> of doing whatever it takes to be able to go to this concert, and Arlene is just getting more and more ramped up to the point where it's a full blown yelling match. It's like a Springer episode has erupted right there in the living room. I've got eyes as big as saucers, and I'm like gently turning my head and kind of pursing my lips like, ooh, boy, that's getting, ooh, you know, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. And I look over at you, Andy, and there you are with your eyelids at half-mast, completely unfazed by any of this, by any of it. You were like, well, they're going at it. I'm just watching the game. Yeah. Did I describe the incident pretty well? Now, I don't know if she ended up going to the concert or not. Do you remember? I, I don't know either. But but again, it, the, these are things that would happen almost all the time. I mean, this is you, you didn't. It's not like you walked in on like the, the blow up of the century. You were there on a Sunday. On a Sunday, it could have been just gone another day. It could have been Thursday. <laughs> anyway, it was so great, and I you know I thought about it on Father's Day because here was the question I was going to ask you. If you were to compare your parenting style, which worked out great for your kids, Mm -hmm. if you were to compare your parenting style to an NFL coach, who would that coach be? (laughs) Dicta. Because you could get – now, did you ever jump in and go right at it with either your son or your daughter 
well, and give him the what well, for? Well, first of all, he's three years younger, so he watched all of this. He was never a problem. He was he, and I knew where he Jeremy. was every day after school. Yeah, because okay. he, was a, he was at a practice. I, I don't ever remember disciplining him, but her, oh boy, she she was a handful. Yeah, okay, she she was. Yeah, didn't you once throw something of hers out the window? I threw her clothes down the steps because she wouldn't pick them up off the off the uh, off the floor. Good. I mean, there were things. There were things. I mean, we we had, but you know, some people internalize these things. We don't do that. We everything is out there right. in the open. There's no ulcers. There's no hidden this. There's no hidden that. It's all there. Right. No, you're 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 brutally honest. You're very straightforward with uh, your kids and yeah. everybody for the most part. You've yeah. got no time for beating around the bush or even polite lies. Exactly. Which I've tried to tell Andy over the day over the years, people. I've tried to say, Andy, <laughs> polite lies are the grease that keeps the gears of society turning <laughs> smoothly. And Andy's like, bah, I don't like doing that. I, I, don't, I don't have time for that. I'm just going to tell you yeah. where I stand. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Um, I would say I would compare my coaching style to uh, Spurrier. <laughs> I'm a hands-off players coach who yeah. looks at things like, well, I'm better than some, not as good as others. <laughs> but what are you going to do? You know, it's like that's kind of my style. Now, there's times in which I want to go full you know, Parcells or Lombardi or yeah. or Bear Bryant, you know, or any of the old school hard ass coach. But usually when I started down that road, you know, uh the uh coordinator, the offensive <laughs> coordinator of the house would like say, Okay, okay, I got it handled. Okay. <laughs> oh, so were you were you one of those coaches that got out to like the thirty yard line and the get back coach would grab you to <laughs> pull you back <laughs> exactly the get back coach yes yeah, yeah. And, and you know what and that's probably a good thing because i think as a dad i i did oftentimes internalize stuff and extrapolate right. stuff when it just needed to be a more analytical okay look here's the problem you know she he she doesn't know what she doesn't know i'm her parent i'm supposed to set her straight but don't be mad at her for not knowing what a teenager mm-hmm. doesn't know right right there's no playbook for this. You know, there really isn't. You do the best you can. You hope they turn out right. Uh, you make mistakes. You hope you don't make too many. But uh, there, there's no – and there are people who write books about this stuff. It's like trying to teach golf. You know, it's, <laughs> May it's work. Just, yeah, here's my yeah. golf book. Try this. Might work. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Maybe like, not. Like here, we're, here we're watching the 18th. And you hear uh, – who is the analyst? Uh, Mark A's, uh, Paul Azinger. He says, whatever you do, don't hit it into the left bunker. He hit it in the left bunker. He's one of the best in the world. He's about to win the U.S. Open, and he did that. Now, yeah. that's like parenting. Don't hit it in the left bunker. Oh, you hit it in the left bunker. Yeah, yeah. Um, 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with my bookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. You know, we're driven by the search for better. 
When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'm thinking about the best sports dads and some of the worst sports dads and maybe some of the mixed bag sports dads. I think right. some of the best sports dads. Archie Manning has to be one yeah. of the best sports dads because holy shit, look at the tree that he has produced, which is going to bear fruit on the most coveted college recruit in 50 years in Arch Manning. They're working on, yeah, they're working on another generation. And Archie Manning did not let his sons play football until they were in the seventh grade. Really? And, and yeah, and, and haven't you watched the documentary that was done on uh, ESPN? No, I'm way behind on documentaries, but I'm going to hopefully catch up this summer it's, during the downtime. It's, it's five, six years ago. But anyway, they, they, he was interested in them becoming kids and having fun and playing football in the backyard. And then when they got to middle school, they, you know, were able to play football. But that, that that's the first time they put on pads. And he seemed to be intent on giving them a normal life and yeah. seems to have worked out pretty well. Yeah, I'd say Shaq's dad. I don't know his name, but Shaq's dad was a legendary hard-ass military guy. He Stepfather, did pretty well. I think. Oh, really? I think okay. Yeah, I believe so. Well, yeah, that's even that, harder. That's even harder yeah. when you come in as the stepfather. And right. then you you were able to do that. Uh, I would say Belichick's dad did pretty well yes. with old yes. Billy Boy. Only child, uh, interesting situation. How about this one? Marv Marinovich. He's now, the worst. He's the worst, but again, there's been another documentary done about this, and, and if you don't know the story, he raised his son to be a football player. Uh, when his son would go to a birthday party, he wasn't allowed to eat the cake and you know, and and then of course, when didn't he have a Coca Cola until he was eighteen yeah. years old, or wasn't uh, supposed to, but ended was up sneaking the ended know, up being he, a star quarterback in the mid eighties at USC, and right. then drafted top ten by the Raiders, mm-hmm. and then once he got in the pros, he was a complete disaster, and then quickly off the rails, got into he- hard drugs and heroin because you know he had been exposed to nothing along the way. Right, right. I mean, it's it's like you know, he the father tried to control him to be something, and then. When he was on his own, he broke loose. Now, the documentary indicates that they did become close. I think Marv has passed away, but they they actually were friendly. And the weird thing was, it was like he was raised with the goal of making the NFL. It wasn't to become a great NFL player. It was to make the NFL, which he did. And, really? Yeah. And then he said, oh, well, there really wasn't any more goal anymore. And that that's really one of the weird ones. Um I think they're, you know, they're, you could you could also look. How about this one, Earl and Tiger? Now you now might he's say, in the he's in the mixed category, I believe. Well, I mean, it's there's a cost. 
by 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 having them, you know, basically not having Tiger have a childhood because he was hanging with Earl and his golf buddies every day at the bar after playing golf and watching his father have affairs and things like that. Right. You know, he didn't he didn't really have a normal childhood, but because he had this intense golf training and the great skill, the perfect storm created the greatest golfer, but with a cost. Yeah, uh, I would agree. That's a little bit mixed there. I'd say Jellybean Bryant, Kobe's dad, yeah. is a mixed case of fatherhood. Yeah, except that, you know, he exposed him to different basketball when he was playing overseas in Italy. That's where, you know, Tiger, I mean, uh, Kobe learned his, his craft over there. But so. didn't he become estranged from his father? Yeah. After yeah, he married was, Vanessa and moved to Orange County? Yeah, our, our late, something about that. Our, our late friend, Ralph Wiley. Told yeah. us all about that. Ralph Riley uh, wrote for SI, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, legend, he was great, great writer, great dude. Uh, he was yeah. with us on the Sports Reporters for a couple of years as our third guest, and I remember, you know, he would tell us on the air. He's like, "Man, they don't talk to him anymore. He moved out to Orange County with that Disneyland house. His parents aren't into that at all." Right, right. Her people don't like her. Her yeah. people. And they don't like <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Super Sky Point to Ralph Wiley, man. We miss you, buddy. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did your dad teach you about sports? Your dad is now 90 what? He'll be 94 in November. And um, his father was not a sports fan. Uh, they came from the old country and thought sports were a waste of time. It was all about work and things like that. And so he learned to become a sports fan on his own. And, um, you know, when I got old enough, he took me to uh, my first Senators game. I think I was six or seven. I went to uh, my first Redskin game with him. We would watch games on Sunday. And, yeah, I learned to, to like sports through him. So yeah, The old he, country being Israel? No, from Russia. All, oh, all my relatives okay. came from Russia. So my grandfather came here when he was 17 years old and went right to work. And that's what everybody did. Sure, sure. Who has time for ball? I mean, that's just a waste of time. What, what do you do? What do you, and it, my grandfather would come over on Sunday uh, to have dinner with us, and we'd be watching football. And he said, what is this? They just fall down. Somebody somebody breathes on them. They just, boom, they go, boom, right over, fall down. <laughs> Had no concept of how violent the game was. They just yeah. fall down. So exactly. was, was, is your dad, was your dad a big Redskin fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, okay. he, uh, he had gone to Griffith Stadium to see Sammy Ball play. Um, holy shit yeah yeah i mean those were the days where you know you'd get on the streetcar for a nickel and uh you take the, the streetcar to griffith stadium and uh i don't know it was 35 40 cents to sit in the in the grandstand and watch the game yes a, a bag of hot peanuts was half a lump of coal in exchange well, the I'll, griffith stadium. I'll tell you a story when we went to rfk when the nats were first playing there with my brother-in-law my nephew and my sons so were sitting there and my nephew wants Cracker Jacks. My father says, I got this. And he reaches into his wallet and he pulls out a dollar. <laughs> and the oh Cracker Jacks the Cracker Jacks were six bucks. He goes, oh, <laughs> more than when I was going to the game. <laughs> I got this. And he, one dollar. <laughs> one dollar. Right. Does, he, uh, does he still watch sports? Yeah, his, his eyesight isn't as, as good as it used to be. But he, he's... He seems to be more into uh, Nationals games than uh, football. He'll yeah. watch a little bit, but but he really likes to uh, follow the Nats. Yeah, yeah. My pops and I are going to Vegas together on Thursday. I'm super excited. Although I'm a little bit, I'm starting to fight with him already because he wants to rent a car. Apparently, when oh. I said, "Dad, if you do, I'm canceling the trip." I said, 
they have Uber now. It'll take us everywhere. We don't need a car. Are you sure, Stephen? We might want to go out to the Hoover Dam. I'm like, we're not going to the goddamn Hoover no. Dam. We're playing blackjack and sitting by the pool for three days, going to a dinner and a show, for God's sakes. Don't worry about it. But I get it. He likes his independence. My dad, growing up, didn't really watch or root for sports, even though he was a full participant in backyard catches and putting up a basketball hoop and coaching my teams every now and then. Uh, but he didn't really watch sports or care about it. He would only ask for the sports section of the post <laughs> to see the tire ads in the back of the sports section, even though we didn't need any fucking tires. He just wanted to see what a set of radials was going for. <laughs> but he did That's teach funny. me golf. He taught me golf. He took me out to yeah. Algon- Algonquian Park in Sterling, Virginia, every Saturday morning when I was uh, 12 plus into high school and we got paired up with two random people and even though he wasn't very good at golf he was serviceable uh he taught me all the key things like when you meet the two randos on the first tee write their names down on the scorecard so you remember their names and if you have a hard time forgetting like you know write randy you know green shirt or whatever right and he taught me how to look for balls with the sun at your back because the glare of the sun, you know, it's hard to see looking into it. So make mm-hmm. sure to go further enough, then loop back and do that, and uh, all the basics that I needed. So that was that was That's good great. times there. And, yeah. and he also, I think this is the best part. He allowed you to build a sand trap in your backyard. That's not, incredible. Not quite technically true. Oh, he didn't, didn't allow me to build a sand trap. Oh, you just did it. I took a shovel out of the garage on our. <laughs> Well, one quarter of an acre lot in the mean streets of McLean, Virginia. Maybe it was a third of an acre. And I went down in the back and I started digging. And I started digging. And the hole just kept getting bigger and bigger. It took me probably three or four days to dig out this 15-foot by 10-foot hole about three feet deep. All the while, my mom is watching through the window where the sink is, doing the dishes, saying, what's he doing? What is he doing? They didn't ask me what I was doing until I was done three days later. And then I said, hey, I uh, dug a sand trap in the back. Uh, Can we we order some uh, sand, you know, and get it shipped here? You know, and my dad was like, what are you talking about? So there was like a a week's delay in which I guess my mom and dad maybe fought over it. And then they decided, all right, what the hell? My dad went out and found a company that could get the sand. They got a dump truck to come bring it in. They dumped it in the driveway which blocked the garage. And my mom was like, that sand better be out of here by nightfall. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I enlisted my buddy, Al Nabasi to help me out with wheelbarrows and shovels. We got it all down to the backyard and boom, had a sand trap. My sand trap. My saddest thing about it though, Andy, is I can't recall for the life of me what I did with the one or two photographs that we took mm-hmm. of it because they exist somewhere in some box somewhere. But yeah, so permission, permission was not one of the things I sought out. Understood, but but a lot of guys dig a hole in their backyard and are told to fill it in and you're grounded for two weeks. Right, exactly. Or your dad would hit you upside the head with a shovel and bury you in it. (laughs) What are you doing messing up my yard like this? Exactly. But hey, I, I guess they figured that me with a shovel in the backyard where my mom could see me was better than me being with the gangs. Of the means, oh, yeah, <laughs> like Isaiah Thomas's mom putting a shotgun in the face of gang members. Remember that story? Yeah, you know yeah. to what keep him out of trouble. That, what's that do rag doing on your head? Oh, you're digging outside. That's okay. <laughs> right, I'm sweaty. I'm just. <laughs> Why is it red? <laughs> what's that tattoo do you got there? All right, real quick. NBA Finals. Warriors. 
champs again. And I said, you know, it's pretty amazing that, you know, when dynasties, which they were before all the injuries and before KD left, when dynasties break apart, they usually sink to the bottom of the ocean. This was a case where they stayed the course, they paid the price, they stitched together enough replacement guys, and they're back atop the mountain. I'm pretty impressed. I am, and I am as well, and also a tribute to modern medicine because Clay Thompson suffered two injuries, each of which would have ended careers years ago. And sure. uh, the fact that he came back, I mean, he, he wasn't that great in the finals. He was good enough. Uh, Draymond was inconsistent, had a couple of really terrible games, a couple of really good games. And Steph Curry at 34, still getting it done. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's at the level of Jordan or LeBron. I don't think he's in that discussion. But good enough to shoulder a team and, and win a championship uh, three years after people thought they were probably finished. Steph, to me, is a true one-of-one unlike any other player the league has seen and will still be underestimated or underappreciated by some, not by a lot. I think they're overplaying the, you know, does Steph get respect now angle on ESPN? Mm -hmm. Yes, for anyone who's not a moron. Of course, he's got four NBA titles. He's got a regular season MVP. He's got a finals MVP. And I believe he's got a scoring title as well. So, I mean, yeah. the trophy case is pretty fucking full on this kid, and he's not exactly done either. They're favorites again this year. So what is the overall lesson of the Warriors story? Stick through it with injuries, or you can never have enough shooting, or what's the story? I, I think that you, you kept together a group where egos sometimes you know break those things up, and Steve Kerr, I think, is a very underrated coach. I think he did a really good job of yes, keeping everything together. Yes, you know, did. a lot a lot of times when you have two seasons like that, one where they didn't make the playoffs, he could be gone. So yeah. all all credit to them. Yeah. Someday the Wizards will be good, right, Andy? Someday Bradley Beal says he's uh he's decided what he's gonna do. We're gonna find out. Yeah, what's the inflection point on his decision this summer? He- he, well, he's you know he's he can opt out and then take the max, which is apparently what he's going to do. But are you you're paying him to be your best player? Is he your best player? Is he good enough to, to be a Steph Curry or a LeBron? I don't think so. I think the case with these guys now is they they say I'm going to take the max now. We'll figure out the rest later because you can right. move max guys. You can, you can. That used to be unmovable. Now you can. That's a good point. Yeah. We had a max guy in. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, point guard uh, does the Dougie now. John Wall oh, had a Max John guy Wall. in John Wall. Traded him for another Max guy in Westbrook. <laughs> traded him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're going to get another Max guy of our own in you know Beal, and then they're going to trade him for a shitbag Max player back. The next Westbrook Max guy who's not really that good. Yeah, except you you wanted to unload Wall, and you needed to unwall, unload Westbrook. You True. might want to keep Beal. Yeah. All right, Andy, uh, glad you had a good Father's Day, and uh, your book on parenting will be coming out soon. How I Did It by Andy Polin. It may work for you is the subhead. (laughs) Exactly. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Take care, Zip. All right, we bounce out with Portugal, the man, and this song is Feel It Still. It interpolates the Marvelettes' 1961 hit, Please, Mr. Postman, was written by John Hill and Aza Tacconi, with the latter two serving as producers. It went mega platinum, reached number one on the U.S. alternative song list, on the Mexican and Russian top hit airplay chart, bunch of other countries as well, and it just slaps. Ooh, I'm a rebel. 
All right, I'm going to think of Rue McClanahan as a 50-year-old and call it a day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Rate and review. Spread the word. And we will see you tomorrow. A hundred and sixty-two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props, galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com.